Add one love, okay? Thanks for tuning in to us. The Eminem Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Eminem Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are here live at the One Love Massive headquarters in historic downtown Shaw, Washington, D.C. I am the N in Eminem, and I'm here today again with the one, the only, the fabulous, the real J, 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 Mills. With a little pout on it today. (laughs) (laughs) Two cameras. Let me log off. Shout out to all the social media people that follow me all over, all over everything. You know, shout out to everybody that's logged on right now. What up, T. Lucas? Cannonwoods in the building. We're going to shout them out more again later. But you know what it is. It's the Eminem Show. It's your girl, the real Jake, 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 Jake Mills. What up, homie? How y'all doing this evening? <laughs> welcome, welcome to our guests, uh, to our folks watching the show tonight. We have a very special guest, Ms. Jessica Winter Martin. Boop, 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 pew, pew, pew. Representing the people. <laughs> glad to be here this evening. I really appreciate you for inviting me on the show this yes. evening. Really glad to be here and help clear some of the air about what's going on in our beautiful, charming, and lovely chocolate city. Yes, we're we're excited. So stay tuned, folks, for the show because uh, you may have been seeing on Facebook, in community forum meetings here in Washington, D.C., um, something about Initiative 77, or you may have been seeing something about like the Save Our Tips campaign. So we're going to explain to you what is actually going on today um, and make sure you're prepared so you can vote appropriately and accordingly on June 19th in the D.C. primary. Um, so yeah we're going to get to that but before we get into the meat the heart of the discussion and learn more about uh, Jessica I just want to first shout out Molly Ruland our other co-host thank you again for having us uh, in your awesome amazing space and uh, for those of you who are watching or like where's Molly I miss her know that she's alright she is in the building she's doing important boss business things right now and she'll be popping in and out um and uh, that's one thing. The other thing, we like to start off our show with our regular ritual, which is how the hell are we all doing? <laughs> what is going on in your life? What are you thinking about? So um, I'm going to start with you, Ms. Jessica. How are you today? I am quite well. Um, you know, this, this past few days have been quite some interesting energy coming out. Um, with the work I'm doing here on this campaign and, and just everything in life. But overall, I'm just staying blessed. And I was reminded of a really powerful phrase I want to quote to you all just to get us all in a good mood, that I give myself permission to be prosperous, powerful, and at peace. Amen. Yes. And it feels really authentic when you say it in that red scarf also. <laughs> <laughs> Vibrancy. You've got a vibe, yes. Vibrancy. We all got a bit of red on today, though. I, I love it. We all it's got a, a nice vibe. vibe. Vibrancy vibe. It is. Mm. Well, thanks for being here again and uh, Thank you for me. bringing that powerful wisdom nugget to us to start off the show. That great quote. Say it again. I give myself permission to be prosperous, to be powerful, and to be at peace. Amen. Prosperous, powerful, and at peace. Indeed. I think it's important for black women to say. Every day, all day, twice a day at least. Yes. Mm -hmm. Once in the morning, right when you wake up and set your attentions. Once in the evening, as you reflect on the end of that day, 
And you set that little energy for the night so you can meditate on it while you sleep. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a similar um, practice, mm. if you will. I have a commitment that I say to myself when I feel myself getting anxiety or like hung up, you know, mm-hmm. in the uh, uh, anxiety space, which <laughs> I often do. There's a lot to worry about and stress about um, as a Washingtonian and as an American in general. Um, and so I always tell myself that I am a commitment mm. to leading my life mm. uh, from a center of love, trust, patience, and faith. And mm. so that might mean different things to different people, but... Um, for me, you know, it means just like loving myself mm. and projecting love um, to other people, um, which sometimes doesn't always go according to plan, but I try. Um, trust doesn't necessarily mean like trust everyone I come across with. It means just rather like trust the process, trust mm. that whatever mm. I'm going through, I'm going to learn something from it, you mm. know, um, and to also give people that I work with and love the benefit of the doubt. You know, Mm -hmm. we've been through so much in our lifetimes. We put up shields and defenses and walls, you know? So, um, I try to still be trusting of human beings and, and of life in general and, uh, patience, you know, because we live in a society where everything is like now and Insta Mm -hmm. this and Mm -hmm. like, you know, buy it, get your instant gratification. Mm -hmm. But, not everything comes that way. You got to be patient to create change, to build love, to build family and all that. So I try to remind myself to be patient. And then faith is just, you know, like faith in myself, faith in humanity, um, faith that somebody is looking out from above and there's something more powerful guiding us, but it can mean different things to different people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I like having mantras and commitments quotes that we meditate on mm. you know to keep it positive and keep us going mm. Mm. wisdom nuggets yeah. j mills yo what's going on in your world how have you been this past week oh i've been pretty good it's been um you know an interesting week full of many cool topics that just got the people engaged it was provocative it got the people going what? you know you, we felt so many feelings what and with the people you know this this week i learned something amazing What'd okay i have to say first that i'm a bit of a geek you know i love math what? i do a lot of math i love count money i be counting numbers and stuff <laughs> i feel like I'm very smart. I ask a lot of questions and I don't generally take things at face value, but all my life I heard, and this should have been the first warning here because I've been alive for several decades, but the 400 years number Mm. never changed. But then I never thought about it because it was just like, well, they said we were slaves for 400 years. That's a long Mm. time. Makes sense, right? Mm. But, you know, I knew that Jamestown was founded in 1619 Mm -hmm. and then it was washed away. But I also know that when they came in 1619, they came with some precious cargo. Those cargo were Negro. So basically 1619, they started off with Mm -hmm. some captive cargo and next year it will be 2019. Mm Mm-hmm. So here it is, 399 years later, I realize we haven't hit 400 years yet. But they did, I, I don't know, that's just been like, you know. So the, first of all, Kanye, wow. get your facts straight, get your facts straight, well, first of all. Well, it's not just Kanye. <laughs> but, but wait on, let's take on to that, though. Because to be fair, 
Christopher Columbus bought his first round. In 1492, he oh. sailed the ocean blue. But 1493 was when he came back to, back to Jamaica mm-hmm. with his first crack, lot of cargo. Right. So that was July 7th yes. of 1493 specifically. Yes. So we're actually almost hitting on 520 five years and actually so get your facts straight kanye in get your facts straight 41 <laughs> getting deeper this rabbit hole keeps there going. was a group from portugal mm. who shipped 12 negroes to brazil mm. for almost 200 years the portuguese held an essentially quite the monopoly on what they called the well, it wasn't quite the slave trade as we know it now mm-hmm. there was a migration from indentured servitude mm-hmm. to the chattel slavery mm-hmm. that we you know associate with today mm-hmm. but a lot of a lot of learning a lot of diving back into history and realizing what i knew what i didn't know certain facts certain language certain ideas that i've always had but you know, many conversations were were brought up this week, and uh, I'm just so happy that they're talked about. So many different ideas and things, man. It's, what a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! Are we gonna talk about them? Can we talk about them? Are people talking about them in the room? <laughs> Who's here? Are we talking about? Are hey, we, Melanie. Hey, Afra. Are we talking about Kanye's comments? Or are we talking about other things that have transpired? Duff. What up? I mean, this is America. I mean, yeah, I was like, I can, can I start with Kanye since you want to skip I mean, over him? No, so we caught bad. her slipping I do, though. I do want to skip over him don't real bad. Don't catch him slipping like though. She does. She wants to skip over. I so do. Bad. Did you see that last SNL um, this past weekend where Childish Gambino was actually on and performed? And during the weekend update, Michael Che put up Kanye was like Psh, and just skipped over it. Like that's how I feel right now too. So, um, but what do you got to say about Kanye? Don't shoot the messenger. One, two. Uh, we had a choice. Now, becoming a slave was not a choice. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not. Things happen to you, and they're not your choice. People take the power of your choice away. At times, this happens. Now, after that, your choice to remain a victim, mm-hmm. your choice to be fearful, however valid it may be, is a choice. Now, <clears throat> I'm not sure. In fact, I'm fairly positive from the, the way that Kanye framed his conversation that he was not as informed on how many of us made the choice to fight. And I think that it is tragic that most African-Americans have been given a perspective that mm-hmm. we did not fight, that we were terrified. And this is why it lasted, because we can list all the horrible things that they did and all the psychological warfare that we suffered under that made many people afraid to run away. When instead, you could be told the story of how hard it was to keep us enslaved, how we never stopped fighting, how we ground up glass and we poison these people, how we kill their babies, how we kill ourselves, how even with seeing somebody's foot get chopped off and this man ripped from limb to limb and this person's baby soul still somebody said fuck this shit i'm out we should reframe the way that we are told this story the way we tell this story because nah nah it took 400 years supposedly but then again we say that and it didn't even take that long right like they tried and they was like okay nah man this this shit it just wouldn't work the whole world rose up and over it but if we do not 
stop and talk about it if we reframe it now and look at the fact that yo people were not with that shit except for some slaves that wanted to stay slaves if we cannot examine this mindset that would cause somebody in this horrible like if we can't look at that then then we really are having a problem looking at right now when you're talking about kids who are living in the ghetto and we're still living in a world where the whole world is telling you if you're a person of color you're a minority that already means you're less than all the definitions that they put on you and tell you that you are not that smart if you are you're an exception to the rule they will everything is set up for you to believe that you will never succeed period but that mindset what is it about that mindset that given all of these lies, you still decide, nah, I'm going to excel. I'm no, that is not what it means to be black. No, I'm going to, you know, that mindset right there is necessary. We have to examine it. We have to look at it because, oh my gosh, how many people are always assume? And also the fears. We have to look at the fears and talk about it to talk through it so we can see on the other side of the fear. Know that in our DNA, there is a very valid fear that we have of doing great and coming together because every single time we do, they kill us. Every single time we do, they will bomb our streets Mm -hmm. burn our cities Mm -hmm. shoot our leaders or incarcerate them Mm -hmm. period Period. they shot tupac like try it they'll shoot you all black leaders now with the young with the black lives matter and these random deaths and stuff oh my gosh like we have every right to be fearful but we got to talk about it if you don't talk about it if you leave it at well of course we're not doing that because of this that and the third of course we have no choice but that's not the story i think there's something valuable that we can look at other people's moves not the revolutions for example let's look at the revolution that happened in cuba Mm-hmm. Those revolutionaries were not afraid to die for their revolution. They did. They suicide bombed, in fact, at times to get things done. I'm not necessarily advocating that message or that method by any means, but there's an element of this of this fear mongering concern and this fear that's encoded in our DNA. I think you bring up a good point. Now, it's maybe it wasn't 400 years ago, but about 300 years ago, we have that beginning story of Willie Lynch. Mm-hmm. And if you remember that Willie Lynch letter, the making of a slave. An element that he brought into was when you're going to make, you know, don't make a martyr out of someone, don't kill them, but take take the biggest buck Negro and his wife, and especially pregnant wife and children. Put them, put the women and the children in the front. Force them to watch as he beat this man to an inch of his life. And the reason being, and this is, you just tend to continue your condition, right? Is that in doing so, especially if she's pregnant, that the fear that goes through her spirit will go into that of the child. And then, you will, then she will then raise her sons to be mentally weak, physically strong, and raise her daughters to be the men, to take over, to be the independent women, to be the mentally strong and the physically strong, because that's how you have to make it in the system of enslavement. And so that's, what I think, an element of our specific black American experience that makes us a little unique here as far as why we have this mongering of fear. It even brings it to the issue of why I'm even here today. We have a lot of people who are terrified about doing something that'll actually help them. And what we're talking about doing here, as far as Prop 7, Initiative 77, is a vestige of slavery. Mm-hmm. It comes from the very same system where the jobs of servers, bartenders, bellhops, 
people who did your nails, do your shoes, who pick up your bags, push your wheelchairs in restaurants. These are all tipped positions that are all the positions that we used to do when we were be forced into slavery and continue to do in the era of Jim Crow. And the belief that we don't deserve a wage, that we don't need a full wage, that our workers, that our own owners and our businesses should be able to not pay us for our labor and that we're going to get enough in tips is built around this idea that I'm not going to pay these, these Negroes, I'm not going to pay these, these, these slaves to work for me. I'm not, at the first, when the first minimum wage went through in 1938 at 25 cents an hour by FDR, the tip minimum wage was $0.00 an hour. And so we've come all the way up to a federal tip to wage of two dollars and thirteen cents. <laughs> two dollars and thirteen <laughs> cents. The tip to <laughs> right. Tip to wage in here in DC. If you can't afford just to went tip, up to three thirty three. If you can't afford to tip, stay home. If you can't afford to tip, stay home. But if you're if you're owning a business so, and supposed to be a successful business person, mm-hmm. and you can't afford to pay your workers a livable wage, then it sounds like there's something wrong with your business model. You need you need you need to yes. take a look. I'm not saying you necessarily need to close. The last thing anybody wants is for any restaurant to close. But restaurants close now. Uh, yeah. Without with without one fair wage. There's some restaurants that be like, yeah, they need to close. <laughs> I don't know how they're still open. Some yeah. businesses in general. Yeah. But before we get too deep into sure. it, I want to give folks more context. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are a lot of people that certainly have worked in the restaurant industry as a uh, tips position or a non-tip position or a management position. There's a lot of people that used to work in it, have left. There's people, you know, all these different perspectives. But in order for people to understand where we mm-hmm. are coming from, um, I want to talk a little bit more about um, our experiences in the restaurant industry that have shaped why we're pushing for an increase in the tipped mm, mm-hmm. minimum wage. Mm-hmm. So, Jessica, mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about yourself and your experience in the restaurant industry. When did you start working in the restaurant industry and where? Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, technically, you could say I started in the womb uh, since my mother was a server. My father was a chef. So it wasn't a choice for you. I mean, I guess it really wasn't. <laughs> um, it's how they met. You know, they, that's how they met. You know, a good front of house, back of house love story. You know, sweet and cute as it sounds. And she was working on her feet until she was, um, I believe, seven, at least past seven months. She was, that was a pretty hot summer. I'm a, you know, I'm a September birth, so she was pretty heavy into the summer. She was like, apparently, it's got too hot. And so she was making two thirty-three. Uh, I think time. actually, so she was working in New York City. And I think their wage might have been even a little, uh, almost, if not the same, if not a little higher, okay. actually. Um, Back in the 60s, 70s, <laughs> 80s. 80s. I'm not quite that old. <laughs> so I'm the late 80s here. I'm, I'm, I'm a youngin' still. But, um, and so for my personal experience, you know, as far as paid, on, and the, you know, when I was a child, my mom would have days off. Um, when I had days off school, I would, when my mother and father broke up, my mother was to raise me alone as a server. And uh, I would hang out in the restaurants. And so when I first got my first k- kitchen experience, I was five years old, literally. I, don't, I mean, it wasn't forced to, for the sake of that restaurant. No one forced me to go back there. I was just, you know, I'm just bored walking around. You know how the kid is in the restaurant. So when I was five years old, I was like, well, fine, take an apron, help wash some dishes. All right, cool. If you really want to do stuff, pick, you know, clean basil, help us make pesto, clean the shrimp, clean the calamari. And so at age five, it's when I first started in the back of house. You know, it was how I actually came up front and had a wage that I actually did during W9 and was an official employee was when I was 15 years old. Started as a busser, became a host, then a food runner, then a server. I started in a small town Alameda, it's in the Bay Area, 
No, but nobody really knows about it. I love it. Alameda. You know about Alameda. Well, Alameda hey, hey. Island. Yep. Where then we got that shirt where an H is Alameda, right? <laughs> so I started in Alameda at a very local restaurant just down the street from my high school. My mom also worked there, so it was pretty. It was pretty cool when I wanted to wanted to cut class. I'd go have lunch with her because she was my mom, so she can't argue with my mom. But um, and then I started working in San Francisco. In San Francisco again, I was food running. Um, mostly food running, did a little hosting and serving in San Francisco. Then after years of being there, I and with, because I was there, I was making one fair wage. I got my paycheck. My, my wage was eleven oh five an hour when I moved, plus tips. Plus tips when I moved to, the, to this area, to D.C. So you're saying in California. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, the entire California state. Mm-hmm. If you work in the restaurant industry, mm-hmm. regardless if you're front of the house or the back of the house. Yeah. There's a minimum wage. There's Everybody no tipped minimum wage or sub minimum wage. There's it's no just difference. the minimum wage. Just one minimum wage. And it was eleven dollars at the time. In or San Francisco, in, San Francisco in particular. Yeah, okay. San Francisco at the time. Now it's you know things have changed as far as more wage increases have happened. At the time when I was working in San Francisco, it was actually the highest minimum wage in the country at eleven oh five per hour. But that was just for the city county of San Francisco. And so before I moved here to DC and then took a straight a huge pay cut <laughs> to see two seventy seven an hour. So in California you were working as a server. Mm-hmm. Well you worked as many different positions server, but ultimately caterer, yes. um and and you were making 11-something plus tips. Hey, Molly. Hey, Molly. <laughs> um, and so were you able to, um, you know, like pay your rent, pay your phone bill, transportation? Um, what was it like? Um, in, just in Bay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I not only did I pay my rent, which I, of course, did pay. I paid my rent, all of my bills myself, moved out of my own apartment on my own after college. It's actually one of the rare few people who graduated college. I had three jobs, three little part-time jobs when I graduated um, college. So I was, was overemployed, actually, and I had one half of a day off. Um, but I paid all my bills. I even actually was able to pay off, with, with some help, admittedly, one of my student loans. I had a private student loan. Paid it all the way off. Made regular payments uh, way advance. Um, my monthly payment was about $200. I was paying $500 a month on my other wow. student loan, my bigger one, just to just, just, just knock that thing down. Wow. And had a savings. I went to Jamaica on my, on my tip money, you know, and went back, had fun, went to Jamaica twice, actually, um, before I had my savings and moved here. Savings? Wait, 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 wait. And that move cost about $3,000, and you I still said, had money when I got here. I just want to repeat this. I because, had savings. Because my life... Student loans paid, rent paid... Went to Jamaica twice and had a savings. Vacation. Yep. Quality, decent, like responsible Bigger ability to pay. Bigger apartment than I have now. And, <laughs> and vacation and savings. And savings. Okay, so let me. And paid, paid my student loans, guys. I paid, I was actually able to pay off And student loans. loans. So let me, t- let me tell you something. So I have been working in the restaurant industry here in Maryland or D.C. Right. for my whole life. I also grew up in the industry. My grandmother um, had a bed and breakfast. So as a five, six-year-old, I was also in the back of the house cooking, cleaning, preparing vegetables. So it was like, you know, our, 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 you know, our stories are very similar. So when I'm 15, I start working for real, um, not as child labor legally, um, in the restaurant industry. But I start off with... Uh, 
I think it was 275 in Maryland, not 213. It was a little bit higher than um, the the federal wage, 275, and um, and then eventually moved to the district where it was 330, I think. But when was that? This this was like. 10 years ago, 13 years ago. Well, the, district, the district minimum wage just went up to 333 so the like last year. It was 277. Okay, so it was 277. Right, okay. okay, some inconsequential number. So basically, I moved here, was making nothing. <laughs> and just living off of tips. And let me tell you something. I always struggled to pay my rent. I never, never <laughs> went on vacation. I never where had did a. You work? I where didn't I work? I worked at like every <laughs> restaurant um, here in DC. Let me see. in Maryland uh, when I was in in uh, high school. Let's see, I worked at Applebee's. Um, when I was in college, I worked at Franklin's on Route 1 in Hyattsville, um, plus Bentley's, which is a college bar, which no. is terrible. Oh, then, then, <laughs> then when I moved to... She's a teenager. The, don't give her so many I know. I didn't know. Then when I moved to the district, this is when my struggles really began, because then I had to start paying DC rent. <laughs> Um, and transportation costs. Let me see. I, my first uh, restaurant job was at Mr. Henry's on Capitol Hill. Um, that was the place where, and I love that restaurant. I love the people that worked there, but like that was the beginning of the downward spiral of oh, my, no. you know. Um, so I was there. I worked at Rosa Mexicano as a server, mm-hmm. then a manager. Well, that should have been good. Oh, you would think, but no. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it there's we made it bad. Well, well, weren't the tips good? It de- it depends. Right. So there's all kinds of so when you there's don't factors. when there's you very, don't yeah. have a base wage when mm-hmm. you're like just really because when you have a two seventy seven paycheck and you work twenty to forty hours per week, ev- all every single bit of that is going to cover your taxes or whatever. And like you tips, get right. you get a paycheck that says this is not a paycheck, so you're solely right. relying on your tips. And you owe money at the end right. of the year when it's time to do taxes. Right. So if you claimed that's all. That's all. That's all. Yes. Encourage is yes. lying to the IRS. Yes. You can't even afford to try and tell the truth. That was a new thing. I used to always yes. tell, you know, I'm not saying I never did. They but told I us to not always. to tell the truth in training. They were like, yeah. impress zero for cash. So that's, <laughs> okay, so that, that's getting into a whole other issue about enforcement <laughs> and implementation of, of, but before, we can talk about that. Before we get there, um, I worked at, I worked at, a lot of different restaurants, fine dining and quick serve, um, casual quick serve. And honestly, and I worked at Ruth Chris. I worked at a lot of different places. It didn't matter, honestly, whether it was a mom and pop place or like a fine dining corporate restaurant. Right. Um, I still struggled at every single place to afford rent. And I definitely never had any health insurance, paid time off, um, never had any savings. It was just like living, not even, not paycheck to paycheck, living day to day. I couldn't have an option for you to get it after a certain amount of time working with the company. Healthcare. 
No. <laughs> so, and, you know, the crazy not thing at, is... Not at any restaurant that I ever worked at in D.C. I did wow. know one restaurant where I actually was organizing workers many years later. Um, they were given an option for health care. But the thing is, if they didn't work... Um, 30 hours per week, then the deal that they had brokered with this company was they didn't, um, they then weren't eligible to actually use it that week, like if they needed it. It was the weirdest thing. And this is, this is the Capitol Grill. So anyway, no, I never had health Dang, insurance. Not even at the Capitol Grill? No. They got that bread. There was a question asked about um, higher end versus lower end restaurants. Mm -hmm. And this new change, mm. would it be for all restaurants, period? We're talking for about for Initiative tips. 77? So initiative, that's a good question. So Initiative 77 actually affects all tipped workers, period. regardless of the establishment. And that's one of the reasons why when I started this discussion, tipped workers include a lot of different categories of work. Now, a vast majority of tipped workers are what we call waitresses and waiters. It also includes, there's also obviously your bartenders, Technically, your nail technician, taxi drivers, people who push the, the wheelchairs at airports are considered tipped workers. Obviously, your bellhops, people who work at the hotels and the ground floor level who, who call the cabs for you, those are all considered tipped positions. So there's a multitude of positions that are considered tipped labor positions in which you can, in which are getting, a, a can, they can get as little as 333 per hour or the current tipped wage. So this will affect the high-end and the low-end restaurants. I'm guessing part of that question is, obviously, how will the, higher, how will the lower-end establishments be able to make up for that difference um, or versus the high-end? And the question there just really comes down to each individual establishment, like any waging, like any increase in costs. Each individual establishment is going to have to look at how they manage their costs and how they're going to offset those costs. And there's a multitude of different ways. A lot of questions people often ask. When they ask us over at Rock, well, what are they going to do? Well, what can give us a model? Give us a model. Please give us a model. The most common method is just raising, raising the prices a little bit on the menu. Average about 25 cents total overall. Some items won't get raised. Some items might get raised a dollar or two. Um, and businesses in general know that they're going to have to make adjustment over time. It's not going to be something that's going to maybe evil, even out the first year, the second year. It depends. Each business is different. Some businesses can just absorb the cost because they have this kind of profit margins. I've seen some places that take certain items off the menu because maybe they're expensive to carry. The profit margin isn't as high. So we're just going to remove these three things, save money somewhere else, and then we can only, you don't even have to raise prices or we'll just wait and see what we can do. So every business, what they're going to do and how they're going to handle this is going to be different. And what's good is that they're, they, have to, they have lead time. They know, now we know, well, you know, this is this is being voted on now. Let's say we pass on June on June nineteenth. The council has to review it. Let's say they do their job, pass it as it is. The mayor passes it on. The Congress does their job and gives it its stamp and it moves in. It doesn't. The, these actual increases don't go into effect until after the existing minimum wage increases, and the existing tip minimum wage increases will raise the tip minimum wage to five dollars per hour in twenty twenty. So in twenty twenty one is the next increase from five dollars to six fifty. And so on and so on until 2026. So as how this affects tipped workers, this particular piece of legislation doesn't begin to have an effect on the status quo until 2021, <laughs> which is something I just want to make sure I clear the air here and get yeah. a consideration because this is this fear mongering. And with, let's with be the, let's be clear also that yeah. this increase to 
the current increase with the the tip to minimum wage up to five dollars in 2020 is the first increase that dc restaurant workers have had in like 22 23 years yes so really restaurant employers have had over 25 years to figure out how to increase wages with the cost of living but it's something that just hasn't been done and that's weird because in most other industries when the cost of living goes up there are cost of there are wage adjustments right. even small incrementally so, you know speaking of wage adjustments mm. <clears throat> i called my uh supervisors out on this one day at work um because I was reading the fine print about tipped workers. Mm -hmm. And it said that your tips need to equal at least what minimum wage would be. Correct. Or else your workplace. Makes up the difference. Yes. Supposedly. Right. I think. So with that in mind. Do you think that this may be an issue of people not being aware of their rights? Definitely. And not exercising their rights as employees, right. as tip workers, to call on that difference. I mean, for me, my my background um, in working in the in the industry, um, I worked as a waitress at Red Lobster, and then I worked at Phillips. Um, very interesting demographics that come to those two restaurants. Different types of um, structure in terms of how it was, but both were very corporate. And in, in how they were run. Um, shout outs to the Darden group for Red Lobster. <laughs> so I started a campaign oh, in D.C. Bad. against the Darden Corporation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like the first national campaign um, against Darden. corporate restaurants. Like, it's like the history like in of history. Rock right <laughs> It's crazy. So I guess I'm, I'm having you a different perspective. Because like, as an employee, like that's how I, mean, I found biscuits, out though. about, but you know, biscuits, my though. right. As a as a worker, okay. Um, well, we're not saying every red they, lobster is bad or anything. Yeah. Like After that. six months, we got full benefits. Um, they were supportive of, of me going to school. I'm happy you had a good there experience. Are people like yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we're happy you had a great experience. And it was it was it was put out like you know this is what it is. You're part of the Darden family. Um, Wait. When was this? Because there have been there have been changes. Yeah. Um. This was in two thousand two, two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five. I'm wondering. That's that's actually before. That's kind of. That's before Rocky didn't really. That's before Rocky. No, it wasn't. That Rocky New York is. But I think that was before. Darden merged with the Capital Grill group. That so, was so there was a corporate I, they merger. They definitely weren't then. There was a corporate merger where. The benefits packages change and the overall culture culture of the company change. Oh, that's so sad. But I'm I want to hear more about your experience when it was a good experience. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Like this is yeah. the way back when. Oh, because this man. is this is what some of the workers who had um, who were involved <laughs> in our campaign they talked about how things were different prior to the merger right. and how they wish right, things right, right. would go back to the way they used to be. But then they started taking away those benefits, um, reduced and doing other things in the workplace that. Um, prevented workers from talking to each other, collaborating with each other, right, right, right. Um, working anti-union um, efforts. Yeah, all, all, all kind of things like that. Well, um, I want to I get to one of the points that you brought up earlier, though, Jay. Um, 
And it kind of was brought up. About we got a lot of activity. In, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm in the sure. room. I was. People want to sure. talk about the people it. People are talking about this. Well, you know, share the link. One of the elements, as far as about the enforcement element too. You know, there isn't there is an element like is it that people just don't know that they're rights, right? Yeah. But a big part of it is how do you do this math? You well, see, it because it, and it is a tricky math because it's and within your pay problem. period. It's not within a day. Exactly. So you have to wait until the, the end of two that weeks two weeks. Ended. And if within that two week period you didn't make enough money, then and it's it not even at that dollar. point. It might yeah. be a, and that, and the thing is, we know how the industry works. We've all been in the industry, so we know that Monday lunch, bum. So unless you work unless you work in a lunch side of town. Like if you live like if you work on this side of town in Shaw, you might make fifteen. Well the, the biggest right. problem lunch that is, happens with that, done. honestly, is, is, is cuts. But that's yeah. why that's they point. do that. When they see that they're not gonna make enough, but they I mean, try they, to cut you in advance and that's fucked up. I used to work like okay, I used to work at Tortilla Coast. It was right it used to be by around the corner. We're about restaurants that have closed and there's a big fear that restaurants are gonna close because of one fair wage. Listen, Tortilla Coast was right around the corner from here. It was on 15th and P. It had a great, beautiful patio, great food, amazing guac we made, we made to order. Never, never, used, never used a bottle mix, and they still closed down without one fair wage. So restaurants open and close, it happens. Mm-hmm. Restaurants are an extremely volatile industry. But that example, right? So I was just working right around the corner from here, and I used to have to work lunches there. A day shift at lunch, you're looking at you by yourself, no busser, no food runner, no one but you in the whole restaurant and one bartender. And Sounds I was like, you about to get all them tips. But what tips? Who is coming to get lunch oh. over there on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? No one, no, even on Friday. So you work the lunch shifts during the week. You make nothing. Your weeknight shifts, you might make a few dollars. And then they'd have way too much of us on because we only work $3 an hour. There even be a two-hour gap. Where the, the first dishwasher would end their shift at four o'clock, but the second dishwasher would start till six. So between four and six, there was no dishwasher, and we needed dishes. The kitchen's not going to wash the dishes. So they said, "Well, why don't you wash the dishes? You want your food, right? You go wash dishes." So now the restaurant got a two dollar and seventy-seven cent an hour dishwasher. But my point here is that you know you work one or two shifts, or maybe even three shifts in a week, and you're barely making money. Um, but your fourth or your fifth shift, <laughs> your Friday Saturday night, now you made two hundred dollars. Now you made three hundred dollars. So now, over your pay period, <laughs> mm-hmm. you may have gotten minimum wage over the week. But you, but it doesn't make up for the three or four shifts you worked earlier that week where you made nothing, spent your time, spent your money coming to work, maybe even dipping into your savings at this point. Because if you're spending, you're only making $15 there, but it costs you 15 after you go there, mm-hmm. par- park if you have a car, yeah. go back, eat your meal. You know what I mean? I think the issue overall, you know, as one can p- pretend argue on both sides, you know, um, Finishing my thing about working at Red Lobster, Sorry, you know, okay. some, sometimes I got no tip at all. Sometimes right. I got extra blessed um, because of the price of the meal. Um, generally, I was going to make a nice amount. So it kind of taught me that, like, if I'm going to be a waitress, I'm only going to work in a restaurant that's going to have an average price of a certain amount so that i know that i'll be able to make a certain amount of money right you know i really feel for people who are doing the same amount of work but they're working at a lower end place so they're not able to make as much in tips or maybe the people who come aren't even used to tipping like that but red lobster being as it is in this area and a lot of people who are saving up everything to try and go out there and they don't have enough money to tip they didn't factor in the gratuity they barely covered the tax 
<laughs> you know, they don't even understand tipping. You know, it's the bill is four hundred dollars. They give you a five dollar tip, not understanding that you also got to tip out. You got to pay that for if that they, table. Yeah, you may even have to pay to work. So literally, you know, when the question comes up. When somebody says that, oh, it's going to bankrupt me to pay somebody minimum wage, you're going to tear it, you know, it's so horrible for the restaurant industry. Again, I said this before and I'll say it again. Now, if you must pay people slave wages in order to stay in business, you you don't deserve a business. You need to reevaluate your idea of a business if you are still relying on essentially slave wages that's what this is we can't tap dance around it it's not being political it's not being sensational it's facts it's historically backed flat out it's inhumane my second story working at phillips phillips you know the buffet when i first started there was 28.99 a person then went up to 32.99 if you were party or six or more gratuities included however if you were a party under six, there's no gratuity. This is a buffet. Even though the price is high because it's a buffet, people really didn't feel like, you know, they needed to tip their server. <clears throat> we're at Red Lobster. You know, we had food runners. We had a lot of back support staff working at a buffet was like crazy harder in terms of us had all the pre-busting and all the other things that, that you had to do and people just coming, you having a clear, the, the amount of the, the table work that you had to do, the side work that we had to do, all the silverware that people went through, all the dishes and all, all the different stuff. It was a lot of work. And again, Physical, physically <clears throat> demanding. it was extremely work. seasonal also because we mm. were down there with the tourist season. So um, when the season was great, the money was fantastic. Right. But when it was cold, when it right. was the winter, there was an entire season where, I mean, you, <laughs> you're very just not making it. any money. And, and the servers, right? the only people who are not making money, the right. greeters are making money. Right. The kitchen is making money. Right. Everybody except for you. And you're the one who's that actually the making, selling the fucking product. But here's the thing that, that comes into That's that. It's crazy. And then they because tell you, oh, well, you know, you don't have to do this. You chose you can to go work somewhere here. Yeah, serving you is can a choice. Go. Well, and, and another thing, what, what comes to that as well, and it's a real issue here as far as how people review this issue and why I, 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 why I just wonder I get so much resistance is, yeah, you can put up with whatever is enforcement. And the question was asked, like, if enforcement was 100%, if everybody did get that, get made up that difference, would you still support one fair wage? Yes, I would. Because as you mentioned, you're pre-busing for the owner of that establishment. You're, you're rolling their silverware. You're doing things for, for the business that you represent. It's not like being a realtor, which, is a, which you're rich, you're out selling yourself. You're saying, hey, I'm just, let me get to know you. Let me trust me to sell you a house. So, That's that, and you're making thousands of dollars commission on your sales as a server you're representing the establishment people decide do i want to go to phillips they don't say do i want to sit in j section they say that when they get there Mm -hmm. and maybe because you were such a wonderful server they'd be like i know jay works at phillips so i want to go so i can sit in her section Mm -hmm. but their their thought is i want to go to ruth chris i want to go to red lobster i want to go to the establishment and i hope this person's there Mm -hmm. if they're not you usually will still dine Right. Yeah. But it's like if you want to buy a house, you're going to that realtor. You don't say I want to buy from Remax. I want to buy from such and such realtor. You say I trust this realtor. I don't care who they work for. I like this person. And so you're not just you're working for the company. 
And this is the only industry, or these tips wage industries are the only ones in which the company somehow is absolved from paying for their own workers to be here. And we know, I mean, especially working in fine dining establishments, I worked in fine dining, and even here, when I when I worked here, I used to work for a place called Lamage Bicho Francais. I'm not afraid to mention their name. Francais, oui. Because it was mi Francais. It was mi Francais. Oui. L'argent, beaucoup de l'argent, c'est plus cher. And we, we, had, we got an actual, maybe it was like two weeks of training. We had an actual quiz that reminded me of college finals. I mean, 50 questions, a packet. Um, what are the you. grapes grown in Burgundy? Yes. What are the grapes in, in Champagne? Yes. What's the difference between sparkling wine and Champagne? What would you pair this dish with that and that wine with mm -hmm. this? What foods would you pair with this wine? What wines do you pair with these foods? It's serious. We had to it's do that rigorous. for Phillips. And, um, it's rigorous. You're, but you're working Boxster. for the establishment. And, you're, you're, um, you're not working just for the customer. It's not like you're just doing a customer a, a favor. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When you're so, like, like I said, because like, it's been compared to before by the opposition. That, that it's fine, it's a commission job, just like being, you know, like any other commission job, like it's sales, you're working sales. You certainly are selling and you do, or you are trying to upsell. But we also know people who just come in, know what they want, you leave them alone, you let them be. But beginning it's middle, hospitality. It's hot, exactly. We got a question. We got a question because it's getting, it's getting spicy I'm sure it's in the getting boards. hot on there. They're, All right, there's a mentioning of a, a name calling incident. Ah. What's, well, what's the question? I would love to hear the, the Uncle guy. Uncle What's the question? What's going on? You got to read it. What's going on? Please go ahead. Because I remember the name that I said, and the name I said was not was nothing like an uncle. What's Tom. going on? Someone, uh, it's Laura, in the chat room, was saying that at the meeting that you called someone an Uncle Tom. Mm. for being on the other side of mm. this issue. So mm. what meeting is Laura referring to? I Thanks for like your question, Laura. So thank you, Our Laura. comment. Um, so mm -hmm. the meeting, if you want to call it that, though I felt it was more like a, 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 an afternoon in the, in the Roman, in Rome Senate, if you will, for how we were treated in there. Um, we were brought together to do a panel at Midlands yesterday around noon. Um, most people in the room were, um, were on the no side of this initiative. They were from the Save Our Tips campaign? You could call it that, certainly. That's what they want to call it, and, uh, even though no one's threatening their, anyone's tips. I'm, that's why I was like, I'm really confused about why it's framed this way. Cause it's framed in a way to be um, emotionally pulling so that you can get workers on their side because they, they, when work, they, their belief is that workers are going to get upset, think you're trying to take tips away, and then that will use that to, to kill this. What they're really but trying does, to do is go the against the will of the voters. But does the initiative call for a removal of tipping? Nothing whatsoever. The okay. initiative does like three specific dimensions. It actually only has three sections. The first section is was went in because when this <laughs> bill was passed, it was before the $15 million hour minimum wage bill had happened. So when we pass this initiative, so the first bill says it raises everybody's wages to $15 per hour by 2020, which has already happened because the bill passed after the initiative went through. The second segment mentions that for tipped workers, all tipped workers, their wage will be raised up to $15 per hour and then indexed by 2026. Okay. And then the third part just mentions that it doesn't affect DC employees or contractors. So there's nothing that says anything at if all. We're increasing the and minimum wage. And if you guys are concerned, the website is onefairwagedc.org. It's on there. You can see it says it says well, legislation, legislation in words. But I want to get to the question. Yeah, so the what Uncle happened Tom at the Tom situation? So what happened at the right. panel? There um, were three people on the opposition side. They had a brother, a young lady, and um, other gentlemen. And then there was three of us on, on a pro side, all women. Um, my, my, my sister Diana, brought, brought, this is Diana Ramirez of, of Rock, 
who's right above the Florida Avenue Grill, a couple blocks away. She's actually there right now. She just dropped me off, grinding hard into the night, even though she's got babies of her own who are growing older. We had a sister, another woman there um, who, is, who currently is a tipped worker, and then I was there, who is a former tipped worker and being on the board. In the conversations we were discussing, and I'm saying conversation to be polite, because there was nothing polite about what, what we, were, what we were being polite. But the other side wasn't really being polite, nor the people in the audience, but people were passionate. So in the conversation, it was brought up that we were here. What we were saying is that we are here as tipped workers, as people who've been and lived their entire lives on tips because we believe in this. We wouldn't be here if what we were trying to do we was going to hurt the industry. We wouldn't be here if what we're trying to do is going to hurt us. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I left the industry is because I had bills to pay and Me I too. wasn't paying my bills. <laughs> Me too. And I'm blessed and very humble and appreciative and blessed that I have the ability to move on. But, but if, if, I address but that if exactly you lived in California, you might still be doing it. I'll be fine. <laughs> Luca, I was make, but see I want, your comment. We're going to get to you in a second. I was fine in California. I was quite happy. Everything was fine there. So, right. That's why, that's why I, was, I was in California 10 years. Moved out, paid bills, paid loans. But I want to get to the point, to the comment. So, when the comment came up, so when, I'm, when we mentioned that, you know, we're here because we supported this. That's why we're here. And we're here to show that women, that we as women, women of color, we support this. The brother on the other side says, well, I'm a black man, and I'm here against that. So what does that have to say? And my response, and I'll quote myself as best as I can, is, well, on any issue, it's, you always can find somebody who will vote and against their self-interest. There are black people who voted against civil rights, and every time Malcolm X ever did a speech, there was always some black person who would come up and say, I don't see racism. That's the comment that I made. So the only name I mentioned was Malcolm X. So you never actually called anyone an Uncle Tom? I didn't say anyone's name except for Malcolm X. Interesting. The only names I said. So I, I would like to see. There were a lot of people on the side of the opposition who were, who were taking video, who were filming it, live streaming it. So prove me wrong. You can find um. the video. <clears throat> Go ahead and get the video. Look at the clip. No, cool. Pull it up. No, I'm just putting it out. I'm putting it out there, yeah. guys. Rock United. Yeah. You can email Rock my United. You, can, you can email my people. Email. You can email actually this isn't there's a gal named Jessica. Jessica. So you can email Jessica at rockunited.org. S- when you yep. find that clip, please send it to Jessica at rockunited.org or Diana at rockunited.org or Candace with the A at rockunited.org. Send it to them and we will we will discuss it. Trust me when I say they will, they will try and talk to me and bring hold me accountable. But they sat right next to me. They heard what I said. Yeah. And we know what, we know what I said. So yeah. I challenge the notion. Now, if what I said to you all in the audience sounds as though that's what I was calling that person, then it sounds to me that in your minds that that's what you believed that person was acting as and not like to what me. I actually said. So it sounds like the only person calling this, this gentleman, this brother, who's actually, whose business I support, mm-hmm. he's the brother who, who's coming out with these coasters. There's a new invention of coasters where you can pull off the top and put a cover on the drink. Cute. And it'll be tamper-proof to know that women don't get their drinks tampered so you can go to the bathroom I have and been leave a drink. Before. And I actually was in support of his work. I think he had a crowdfunding campaign and I tried to fund it. So I'm, I actually wanted to brother my I admire what you're doing because date rape is a real issue. Women's drug, we're getting drugs. So I support this brother. I this gentleman. Maybe even in that moment, he got heated. And I will forgive him for his passion because I appreciate passionate people, even if we don't agree, even if we can't always politely be, be polite about it. But I appreciate his passion. But if anybody is calling this brother that name, it wasn't me. It wasn't coming out of my mouth. Mm. And it really speaks to the people who are supposedly on his side who keep calling him that. Well, um, Poop, I we think... We have another question? Yeah, um... We had Luca. 
let me scroll up because it's it's been a lot. Um, Luca <laughs> Thank you and to Laura everyone who's participating. The forum, I'm assuming, okay. um, and they have a lot to say. I'm sure uh, I can see. That they said me. Luca. Um, she said that it'll run DC restaurants out of business because they don't have the profit margins that people think that they have. I want to pause and just say that, you know, we live in a really big you guys world. Are really dedicated workers. So we live in a really so, big world. So hard for it has a lot of a lot of restaurants in many different countries that have existed for a very, 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 very long time. And to think that the way that we have structured our system and when it comes to dining out is the only is way. the only way is <laughs> very very small-minded furthermore it would be as if there were not already <laughs> states in this country do you know how many states in the united states already seven, seven states have one fair wage and one they have wage. many wonderful restaurants hello california I love your restaurants. They're fantastic. In fact, there's a lot of restaurants in California. A really robust, a very thriving robust, restaurant industry. Thriving restaurant scene. Different cities compete now, with each other to have I'm going to close industry. it off by saying that I myself am a business owner. From my experience in this industry, I've gone on to be a restaurateur of my own sorts. And I pay my workers $20 an hour. I budget for it. I do that because I want my people to come to work. I want them to want to come to work. I want them to love the place they work. And I don't want them to feel that they have to get tipped in order to get paid for their job. I don't want them to feel like they have to look at the person that's going to be serving them and wonder if they'll actually be paid for their time. That is the way I choose to do business because I believe in the humanity of every person that works for me. I think that if as a business owner you can reconcile yourself paying your bills in lieu of someone else being able to pay theirs for the same time you got to reevaluate yourself not them not the, your not even your business you got to take a good look at your soul because I've, I've been on both sides and I know what it's like to come to work and paid it. You paid money to work and didn't get paid. There's nothing right about that. Every time somebody starts talking about it, they start talking about the average worker. So you're only talking about the sum. We're talking about something that will protect the all. And it's already been shown that your tips are not going to move because the price does not have to change. What this will change is a culture of people calling in a whole slew of people that they don't even need, Thank that just you. stand around for Thank nothing you. because you can. Thank Maybe you. you'll think about it. Maybe you'll figure it out. Or you won't. But what won't happen <laughs> is a continuation of people being worked to death essentially you know what i want to add too um for the folks who are um business owners or who are deeply concerned about profit margins in restaurants in dc um i i get it too like i have managed restaurants and i have tried to start my own business and it is hard as fuck okay to manage folks to manage your profit margins to yes, manage yes. all of that stuff it's really hard and it's very expensive in dc to start a business um if you uh are, are looking at a property 
for example. Right. Um, you know, a lot of these these building owners have something called a triple net lease. They want right. you to pay the rent and the property taxes and, and the, the utilities. Right. And in some cases, they're going to have you renovate the whole place and pay your rent so it's operational. Like, it's a lot, and it's not cheap here. Um, and then there's, like, the taxes and all that. So I get that. But my thing is... Um, don't like what Jay said, you have to take that into account. You have to budget and plan for things and what you prioritize. Be a and better if, business. Shout out to the California restaurant scene. And I'm going to call out mediocre restaurants in D.C. Step your cookies up. I mean, step your on. game up. Step your menu up. Because the competition is fierce. Well, yes, <laughs> you, you have to. Absolutely. But also, just like the restaurant workers are getting organized around Initiative 77, like y'all as business owners are organized. You have a restaurant association. Exactly. Why don't I'm just like, why don't y'all advocate to make rules so that it's there's less barriers to like your startup costs or your maintenance costs exactly. to doing business. Like look at other creative ways to offset though that uh, profit margin, you know, you know? shout out to the food trucks. Yeah. Even on that point, you know, the, the, the opposition has created this campaign called save our tips to, to try to sounds like a lie. It is, but to try your, to your tips were never in danger. I think the that for all of the employees that are in that many people are just not informed, but here's the thing. Here's Educate the thing that, that throws us off over at rock. Um, you know, and one few people ask, why don't you have more workers on your support? A lot of workers supporters, but they're scared. They're scared they're going to get fired. And they have to work two or three or four jobs to, to make ends meet because they a lot can't of the get workers, full-time It's being hours. said that we don't have a clear grasp of economics and the effect that these changes are going to have but on I the want. people who own businesses. Well, and again, like I, from the business owner perspective, I say call you on your bluff you'll like figure it out you really will about the economy again i pay my folks twenty dollars an hour take that argument here's to somebody who doesn't care about the people that work for them i guess i, I mean here's know. the thing i've, I've done a retail t- type of business right and so <laughs> i can respect you know if i was saying a little earlier today if i had a lemonade stand and my lemonade or my lemonade business was built upon me spending 10 cents per lemon right and then someone told me that the people who pick your lemons are actually like treated horribly. They only they only get paid a dollar a day. Oompa loompa. So now we're gonna have now we have a, we have laws. We're gonna actually have to pay them a full wage. Now your lemons are gonna go from ten cents to a dollar each. I would be upset. And if I had legislation that I could fight, now definitely as a human being, I don't want workers to be treated horribly. But I'm, that's a huge what you went from ten cents to a dollar. That was that would frighten me. So I can understand and completely respect why these business owners are upset or concerned. What is it interesting is that big to of a me, markup if you were paying like $2.77? Well, three thirty three, three thirty three to $15. But, but the thing is, they're going to go it's up to $5 per hour by 2020. And from between 2020 and 2026 is when it's going to go up from 5 to 15. You got eight years. So you all got time. It's not as if this is this is going, this is, we're trying to do this tomorrow, for one. But for two, and to get on this, this economic element. I mean, again, I understand. But the way, and one thing I want to bring up again about the Save This Tips campaign is that, like this, like we discussed before, we read, we potentially read off legislation. You can go to onefairwagedc.org, onefairwagedc.org, O N E, onefairwagedc.org, to get to look at the letter of the law, what is being presented. You'll see the words "tips" aren't even in there except for "tipped workers." But my question to all to all of these workers, these 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 workers who who are who are complaining and fighting this, where were you all? 
Some of you, and a few I found were of them there, but where were you all when the Department of Labor had presented some, had presented a, 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 some legislation that would have effectively taken away all tips from all workers everywhere in the nation and made them property of owners? That is something that was going on very quick, shady, behind the scenes this past <laughs> fall into this year, and the Restaurant Opportunity Center, Rock United, were the ones who did the entire campaign, state by state, nation by nation, to get the thousands upon thousands of comments to kill this. Hold up. That's what we were the ones fighting to save our tips. And here now we create this campaign and make it sound like we're trying to take tips away. That's the last thing we're trying to do is better wages, better tips. My tip average in San Francisco was 22%. My tip average here is 18%. And I have more experience, obviously, coming from having already worked 10 years in San Francisco when I moved here. So I had more experience. The same server, same skills, who's making 22% average over there is making 18% average Plus here. Plus an hourly wage of how much an hour? 277 an hour here, but over there was 11.05. Well. So I was so the, 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 that's the thing you got to consider. Tips go tips go up. We look at Alaska as an example, where the tip average there is actually twenty five percent, and it's a very small, spread out state as far as population size goes. So the, you know, and there's always there's a lot of counter arguments and feelings. You say we don't understand economics, we do. What we do understand is that economics is that business owners don't want to pay more. Just like nobody who had a lemonade stand would want to go from ten cents a lemon to a dollar. We get that. That is the economic thing here. But the idea that, that workers should have to rely upon the consumer, you're essentially pitting working class against working class by, working, by forcing people like us who, work at re who go to restaurants to eat to against people who like us who've also worked at restaurants <laughs> to pay the wages when there's no other industry ever where the customer is supposed to pay the worker the, on top of what they already pay for the product. There's right. no other like product on I buy. The burden of the customer. I got to give a shout out to Afra because I've been reading a lot of comments that are kind of contrary <laughs> to what Afra we're saying. y'all. And she's been representing in the comments section so deep that like I, I didn't read it aloud because... I mean, you, you're doing it, man. Offering's dope as hell. But at the same time, I'm all about discussion and debate. I'm all about intellectual discussion and debate. I want to give a shout out to Laura, Luca, and anybody else who is chiming in to Please share more facts. information about I would love how to you facts. feel about it. I mean, you I'd know, love to hear some facts, one thing though. that I think that we need more of is the ability to, you know, keep it classy, um, have a debate. Whether the facts are there or not, no need to be condescending, dismissive, or or, or whatever. Um, We're cussing people. No need to be cursing them. people. No need for all of that. It I is, find it interesting that they would bring up that one that one comment that I made that was controversial at that event. But I mean, I'd love it if you guys would share those of you who are going to find the clip of what I said. Please share the entire video. If you would be so brave, those of you who had those videos, <laughs> please share the entire video unedited is, so we could talk about who is being classy, who is being gracious, and who is being respectful during this debate. I mean, because you know, that's, I think that's something that needs to be brought up as well. Many, well, many will have their, their feelings, but how we respond is always up to us. So, I just want to say, I think that it's great. 
I'm I'm really excited people are participating. Whatever side you're on, like yeah. we need to talk about things. We need to um discuss what's important and uh and then you need to exercise your right to vote about it. And so And everyone can vote, even yes. though it's a closed primary, regardless of your power of your party, of your affiliation, yeah. whether you're registered as a it's a for the the you know one of them. But if you're registered anything, if you're not a Democrat. I mean, any I don't understand. Any party so or I with that with that with that, with that I want to ask a question. I, I want to remind people take this opportunity to plug and remind people to vote here vote. in DC yes, on June 19th whichever side you're on you That's show up day and you vote man. June we vote 19th vote for our freedom from the enslavement yes, on of the tips the enslavement of, this, uh, of, the, of the tipped wage we have to vote Juneteenth June freedom of our, ensla- of our enslavement on this tipped wage because it, it just comes from vestige of slavery and he that was another thing I said that people were very offended by like two things that I said that were very offensive you know the first comment they were offended by history Apparently, they were offended by by the history of a tipped wage. They brought up a quote in which um, in which Saru, J.R. Raman had mentioned that the tipping culture on a whole is is toxic, needs to end. And so you try and take away tips. And it's like, well, the legislation doesn't do that. What Saru was mentioning was the tipped wage culture comes from a vestige of slavery, and that culture is itself toxic in the sense that you have to tip to pay for someone's wages. That 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 element of that, you know, if if I go, I mean, I'll be fair when I get my nails done, I pay the full wage and I tip because to me it's, it's customary. But I'm hoping and anticipating and expecting that they're getting the full minimum wage or at least or more. Yeah, I've never thought about how much the nail tax me. And, and you know, I, want, I do want to speak because on the other side of the Phillips game, mm. when we got that gratuity, right? I was paid. I paid bills. From being a waitress. But, you know, I was blessed to work in a high-end restaurant. I think that any server that sits on the high horse, any bartender, any person who sits and talks about themselves is a part of the problem. Because it's not about you. It's about all we're gonna make this real simple okay because it's about all i don't care about you and how many bills you made and how much money you got i get it i got it too i'm talking about the people that work at denny's i'm talking about the people that work at bennegan's i'm talking about the folks that work at ihop i'm talking about somebody at golden corral i'm talking about these people who are not making this kind of money and are still doing this kind of work and they deserve more please the stop because the people who eat at these type of restaurants that were giving you this living wage to let you live like that they're going to continue to tip people and the don't price even margin right that now. you have that you're thinking of is still yeah. good it's so, still fine the thing too that I, that I have to say is that um, you could still work at a fine dining restaurant and still be homeless and still be impoverished. And this happened to me. And this is when I work at Ruth Chris. And when I finally made it to Ruth Chris, I was like, yes, I've made it. Like, I'm in the fine dining restaurant. It's $40 a steak here, $10 a side. Like, it's $10 just for one part tip, you know, to eat. I was like, I made it. But no, there is racial segregation within that restaurant and a hierarchy so i didn't get any good sections or the good nights to work you have to work your way up for that and and then on top of that uh because that restaurant for example is 
a corporate one and they're able to rely on their network of like national profits in order to sustain each other. The managers at that particular restaurant weren't interested in figuring out like strategies, how to get more business in there. So Mm. again, I would be scheduled for four or five shifts and I'd be cut at the very last minute. Don't come in today. Don't come in today. So I'd only work two days a week. And I, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like, they didn't care. No, No. it it didn't matter. So I still wasn't able to to make ends meet. And, and, and I was one of, I was the only black person that worked in that restaurant as well. In in the chocolate city. Yes. And this is back when there was even more chocolate. Yes. And so it's a a racial equity issue as well. It's a gender equity issue as well. Um, Women make up the majority of the front of the house positions across this country. Um, And a lot of uh, immigrants and people of color um, employ these positions and poor white folks too. And it's just like, no matter if you're in a high end or a low end restaurant, there are, there are a plethora of challenges that prevent people from actually making a living wage and being able to sustain themselves. So, right. you know, it's and then these enough. Up, you know, they're, they're cause again this narrative. You know, like, been dealing with some ladies yesterday who came up after who came up afterwards to talk to me. They say, you know, you want me to vote for this, and I'm going to take a pay cut. How? They're going to take away my tips. How? They're going to make they a service charge. How? People from choosing to tip when that's something that they already do worldwide. There's people so many restaurants. Now. People are like, no, you don't need to tip, and they tip anyway. And there are other places where like, ma'am, you, you should tip, and they're like, I ain't got it. Right. The people who tip will tip. The people who won't, won't. But at least now you'll yeah, definitely no get paid. Wage. Like, you get more money. But there's I don't this, understand. There's How are you arguing against, like, the same values and, and guarantees that everybody else that works in a job I in America understand. get? If you are sitting up here like, we don't need this, then you're saying that you don't need, like, money? family. So just you don't give need, it back. If you, you really don't, don't need, need the money, then give that you money don't back. Need medical care? Really? You don't deserve dental care. Your children don't. I can understand you balling out, but don't your baby need their teeth cleaned? Don't you need your eyes checked? Shouldn't do you not understand that this is what you are due as a citizen of this country? This you think it's a it, privilege? Yeah. You think it's cool that you make enough money in your tips that you can afford to? You don't know that you deserve that. I don't understand what is happening in the minds. Again, like, I've worked this. I made this bread. I'm aware of what it is. And I know that because of who I am, I'm going to get the tips regardless. Exactly. If you're good at what you do, you'll get the tips regardless. Exactly. You will. I know hostesses that get tipped. I know chefs that get tipped. I've sent money back. Like, who made this? Give this to him. If you're good. It's what happens because it's America. But you can America. also give the best service and not get tipped. Exactly. There's no guarantee with a tip, which and is why having a base wage is so important. Agreed. You're having to do this math, you know, this idea, well, well they're going to make up the difference. They're supposed to make up the difference. It's the law. It's the law. Well, we can look in that D.C. and say that. doesn't happen. Thank you. And there's a lot of laws that are on the books that don't get enforced. And if they do get enforced, it's not the point. The point here is that you're working for an establishment, you're representing this organization, you're representing this business. This is the only industry where the business doesn't have to pay their worker. And this idea, again, you know, it's just the question is, you know, the, the, the opposition is strong. They know what they're doing. They've, they're, they're, they've, they've fought us a while. 
they're not the first time they fought this organization. That's why they come Won't in. be the last time. And that's why they come in with this. Well, they're coming from out of Newark, New York. They're from out of town. Listen, we have been about at the Florida Avenue Grill, a D.C. institution, for quite some time. If you haven't heard of us, it's because probably the owner of your restaurant kicks us out the moment we try and walk in, even if we try to buy lunch. And some of our, some of our staff members can't even buy, buy meals in some places because they're like, you work for them, get out. So, I'm just trying to uh, buy something. What, what's up with this talk? Why would somebody be against a union where a union is a protective organization to protect like, the rights in, we're not that's, that's employees a, that's of an industry? That's a whole other How discussion. Because, you know, every time employees understand. threaten to stand up for their rights, it's always demonized. You know, let's have that discussion. Historical. Let's have this discussion but next week. I'll get someone from a union to talk here. about. Because well, I think that's okay. one thing that. I want to do be clear is that Restaurant Opportunity Center United is not a union. We do say United because we're talking about how we're in different states in different areas and we're all together united yeah. so there's rock dc rock la rock you know the bay rock new york united is the organization i remember but we how we are not a union we do help workers but we also work with restaurant owners we work with diners we have three different organizations we do with. we have raise or the high road for the employers where we have quite a few employers i mean over 1100 the last i looked if not more, because it's constantly growing, we have employers who are part of our work, who actually have also moved to One Fair Wage, where they're the only ones who've moved to One Fair Wage, where no one else next to them have done it. And they've made these transitions. And That's how we can support. they figured out how to do paid sick days and, and offer sustainably. Whoa. <laughs> like Whoa. a whole <laughs> now. Yeah. Oh my God. Is it 1918 or is it 2018? Yeah. We're I, having all these talks about workers' rights <laughs> making me scared. I can know. I give a shout out to Joseph Robert... Uh, Basila, do you know who that is? Joseph uh, Basila. He's um um definitely speaking out in the group. Thank we have you, sir. again quite the quite the chat room going on. I can again, see shout that. out to everybody who's talking, however you feel about it. Make sure that you show up on June nineteenth and, and vote, vote about it. Only two to four percent of DC's population actually votes in local elections. So it is very important for you to turn up. Because as I said that number, you probably thought to yourself, self. Have I voted? Ever? You better vote in a primary. Right. <laughs> I voted primary. Right. Do you even vote? Most people vote when it's time for the president. You know, they don't even know about the primary election. So we much try. more is at stake. School June is 19th. already out. June you know, 19th. You just have no reason to know when it is. Um, but it's Juneteenth, y'all. It's freedom from this and some of the slavery system. Think about that. We are emancipating ourselves this time from this vestige of slavery. And, you know, it's a, a lot. I know a lot of the. I mean, I, I can't really read the comments, but I'm certain it's just constant back and forth. You, you want don't to? understand. I really don't. Uh, I've, I've heard I them all. Give it to they you were being shouted and screamed at me yesterday. Yeah. So I, I got ideas of what the people are saying. <laughs> we're very nicely framing. I'm sure they're being very nice <laughs> and gracious and respectful and polite because it's in writing and we can just scroll past. I love you guys. I think and they <laughs> appreciate the, 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 the moderation, I think. But I you, hope can, so. you can scribble you furiously on your back. <laughs> Jennifer, who else? Get it all out on your ballot. I, I, I mean, you know, the thing is, Chevelle. I, 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 I honestly, it's, it's interesting to that the fact that the workers here are, are, are trying to fight for the owners. When I wonder, have the owners fought for you? <laughs> I mean, Not maybe they all. fought for you as a person because they like you. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's why you were here. Again, as you mentioned, privilege. Maybe you mm -hmm. come from a privileged place where, and again, you, you, what, if we describe it, the boss lottery, right? 
sometimes we win the boss lottery and we get that great boss that loves us, that cares about us, that wants yeah. us to succeed, that hands us a little money. You know what sometimes. I mean? Sometimes. That make that, but that's a lottery. Sometimes. And then there's all the rest <laughs> of the people. But may the odds be ever in your favor. It seems more like slavery to me. It is. It seems like slavery where you're it's in Hunger a great plantation. You're in a great plantation. <laughs> you're not even a great plantation. You just have a good position. <laughs> In the plantation. You were in the house. You were in the house, Uh man. You were eating good. You were dressing good. This slavery thing is working out for you. I don't know about everybody else out Uh, there in the field field and everything. Maybe y'all just got y'all act together. You know, you just work a little bit harder. Maybe you can make it in the house one day. Massa can't afford to be emancipating everybody. Massa can't be freeing everybody. Who's going to make, who's going to get all Massa And the whole plantation going to close down. And nobody going to have nowhere to work. Get out of here. Get out of here. Do you hear yourselves? Do I you mean, see this? Do you know this was happening right that, now? And that's Do you the see reason where why. you are? You know? That you're like, oh, this is good, but it's still slavery. I don't care how much you get in tips, boo. I don't care how good of a bartender you are, how many bottles you bring, how much you bring home. I've been there, done that. Love a nice old 800, love a $1,000 day. Cash. How much did I make in tips? <laughs> It was cash. We're not going to talk about what happens to that. Shout outs to you for knowing what I'm talking about. I'm hip. Okay? I'm hip. But here's but. the thing. Here's my question to all the, to all these workers here. Because like you said, tips are not mandatory. No. But wages nope. are. Yep. So what, what if you, what did we, I mean, I'm sure we've been there. What do we do when you get no tip? What do you do when you spend an hour and a half, two hours working on a table, working them over, being nice to them, being sweet? Maybe they came in mean because they were hungry or just that's because who they are. A little you piece of you everything. dies inside. And I, then I you mean, get you know, nothing. You got to pay for that table. But, <laughs> but I, can you, you go get forward. your tip? Can no. you go to the customer from and say, one. hey, no. did I do something wrong? Table gonna what, can I, what can I do? No. What can I do to make up for this? Because no, you're $200 not hospitable. Check, I have to pay $16. That's how I got fired from Phillips. I had a party of eight who tipped me, I think their bill was like something 88. So essentially I was tipped 12 cents. Wow. And I asked them, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did, was there something wrong? Did you guys want to talk to a manager? They were like, no, girl, you was good. I was like, I mean, because you didn't tip and I'm, I'm sorry, but you just didn't you didn't seem like the type of people who don't tip i thought that perhaps there was something wrong with your experience and you were trying to communicate that with the lack of tip but i see i was wrong that's not hospitable way to approach something but if you had <laughs> if you had a base, matter how if you, you if you had it. a base you wage you got, you got fired about it i got you fired. fired but they if you if you if you had a base wage where you knew, okay, at least the last two hours, I know I'm making $11 per hour. Or whatever it was at the time. You'd be right. like, all right, they didn't tip me. That mm-hmm. sucks, but I'm going to keep it moving. We good. You know? Because That's I know that karma. I can rely on my base wage that I get from my employer, like most people get from their employer. Like every other job. Like if you go to, if you go, like when you go to McDonald's, CBS, any of those yeah. places, when you go right. to a McDonald's and like, you don't drop anything you get in the at tip least box. what McDonald's workers are getting? I mean, doesn't that upset anyone? I mean, I'm not <laughs> to denigrate the McDonald's worker. But my point is that we often trout them right. out as if they, they're people who don't deserve anything, right? They get a pregnancy <laughs> leave. Come on, don't you want maternity leave? How can you get sick leave if your hourly wage is only $3.30 an hour? There I don't is care no, how much no you're vacation. getting in tips. Don't you want benefits that come to you because you work as an American citizen? That sounds like a really great... Uh, I don't understand. 
That was poetic. <laughs> I remember when they first was raising the minimum wage up to 15 and all the businesses. You know what business complained the most? Walmart. Duh. Don't even get me started because I worked Walmart. for years on the Walmart campaign. Walmart's the one that complained. So, you know, and then Walmart. miss me with your complaints about this. And again, as a small business owner. Trier. Hmm. Miss me with talking about what you can and cannot afford to pay people and all these different things. As a former employee who made great tips, miss me with saying I don't understand what it is to work there and how much money it can be made. Because for all of the great nights and all of the good tips, you know as well as I do that there tends to be a slow season. And if you are blessed in a great restaurant that happens to not have these problems that so many of a majority of your colleagues are talking about, stop being so selfish. Open up your eyes and realize it's not about you. It's about everyone the profit margins that you say that we got messed up can definitely be changed if you just take a closer look at how you are overworking and underpaying a majority of your staff you got free labor for a long time yo all that side work we did when the restaurant ain't even open and after the restaurant is closed all those hours that we worked for free you about to have to reside when that call time is Maybe you, you gonna know. have to get out there and do some work with your restaurant owning self. Maybe you gonna roll a silverware. Maybe you gonna find a different <laughs> thing to do to make it happen and make it work so that you are not essentially a plantation owner and the people there are not slaves to this career that we supposedly chose to work in. That choice that oh well you didn't have to be there. You ever had that when you when you think to complain about it? Well nobody told you you had to be a server. Well I mean that doesn't justify making it a terrible place to work. Doesn't that doesn't justify making it going out of your way to make it something that is not affordable. It's just it's just that isn't all these arguments, I mean they sound great. Again, honestly when I open a restaurant, can, can people as passionate as you please come work for me? Because I would love it if the workers of my establishment went to tow this hard for me as the owner profiting from their Goodness. labor. Chevelle said that her, four, her slow season is four months long. So four months. Yeah. I but do. imagine if those, during those four months, you were able to at least get the 15, the third, right now it'll be 12.50. And it'll be 13, 13.25 on July 1st. And July yeah. 1st, you're just going to go from 3.33 to 3.89. I mean, just imagine for a moment. question I had, too, when you were looking at the D.C. tip minimum wage at 2.77, or even the federal tip minimum wage, which is still at $2.13 since 1991. Here's my question. What in 1991 was either two or three dollars that is exactly the same size and quality that is still two or three dollars? Please riddle me this. For those of for those of us who were grown up enough to remember that time, I'm a youngin, so I was like two. I can't really speak to that time. But right, anybody who was who's adult who was grown, who I remembers. literally can't think of anything that's the same size and quality. As that it was two dollars in nineteen ninety and the same price. It does not guarantee your minimum wage per pay period because we already addressed the fact that it's if not you're enforced. not scheduled the same amount of days, you're not gonna get any type of amount of money. You are not a full time or even you're it's not just a the, the real, real employee. Like the real point here is that if I work on um, if I give you six hours of my time on Monday and my and my tips were ten bucks, and then I give you Five hours of my time on Friday. My tips are two hundred dollars. The tips that from the, the yes, those tips all equal out to a week of two hundred and ten dollars in tips. Let's just say those are the only two shifts that I worked during that week. 
But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that during that shift earlier that week on Monday, where I was there for six hours and only made ten dollars, that the tips that I made then should be used to pay the wages, the back wages from Monday. And that's the way the current system works. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. And that's what's wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm giving you six <coughs> hours and be paid by the establishment because we also know we've all worked in restaurants. If you're working a six-hour shift that's slow, you know you're doing stuff at that restaurant. You're over here polishing things that never been polished. You're looking at the light fixtures. You're dusting off old things from the back. Toilets. You're literally just doing everything. anything and everything to not be still. Because if you're still, you're getting you're getting sent home. You're like, well, fine, I'll just take your table because you're doing nothing, and they give you all this attitude. So we know. Even when it's slow, I, I mean, I can't even tell you the multitude. I even realized it was a weird thing until I, try, I tried to work for a coffee shop and literally was fired because you do too much and you're making everybody else really nervous because every time it's slow, you're always over here polishing floors, polishing this, restocking this and restocking that, and everybody else just sitting around sipping coffee and you're running around. Because like, I just came from a restaurant. In a restaurant, I'm not allowed to sit around. So, yeah, I polish the coffee cups because the coffee cups, they say, well, usually we polish them. Before. You know, like all of this was like, why are you doing so much? Because I came from a restaurant where Massa going to kill me if I drink water. <laughs> I can't you can't even well, get I, a restroom break. You yeah, get, if you drink too much water, they get mad at let's you for drinking even. too much water and then going to the bathroom oh too much. Goodness. You can't drink because you, you, you go to the bathroom too much. You can't go to the bathroom too much. Like, Make a trip to IHOP Chevelle and tip them extra, extra please, dope. Go to the Denny's um, on Benning Road by where I live and give them sisters anything more, more than a dollar because they, people coming in there with the ARP card and every every veteran VA discount they can try to get uh, to not Shout a out ground to all slam. the servers and all the bartenders that overtip. I know we have that in common. Luca. Yes. Lauren, everybody that Jennifer, to make Chevelle, good money. <laughs> I know y'all some over tippers because y'all love that tip life. If there's one good thing about being in this bartending serving world, it was nice. Restaurant workers, you don't have to take wait two weeks to get your money. Workers united, ladies, we will always be united on that. I do want to. Uh, we could talk all night about true. this we're um, be because we're passionate. We all have our stories, but I I'm do, just loving these comments. I do I'm want really. to wrap up this conversation um, and and leave us on. Uh, this 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 truth, <laughs> okay. Um, throughout the course of American history, mm-hmm. there have been battle after battle after battle to improve workers' wages and workers' rights. Oh yeah. And it does not matter at what point in history you look at. There was always a ruling class or a business class that opposed any kind of changes based on the exact, exact, exact same arguments that folks have brought up in our chat room today. But through every single one of those improvements to where we are today, business has succeeded. The restaurant industry has grown and lived. And so whether Initiative 77 passes on June 19th or not, the restaurant industry is going to continue and it is going to thrive. Believe in yourselves. Believe in that. I'm excited to keep eating. And I believe in us as a people that we're going to change together and we're going to grow together. Yep. So um, let's think of uh, positive ways (laughs) to improve 
all of our lives collectively um, and take care of ourselves. I want to thank you, Jessica, for educating our member or our viewers about um, Initiative 77, about the work of uh, Rock United, and just sharing about your personal experiences. Okay. Thank um, you for having me. Absolutely. And you all. I Are wanna... we going to continue this next week? We have like so many questions, so much engagement. We can continue this next week. Um, yes, we will continue this conversation. And the other thing we'll continue to talk about is just the dump Trump slate and everything that <laughs> our folks represent and why we're yes. running <clears throat> as restaurant workers, as organizers, as advocates for people to have uh, a better life and a affordability within this city. Um, Cause we're trying to stay in the city. Um, so we will continue this conversation and this show is on uh, live um, on the Facebook page that you might be watching. It's um, running constantly at the Live.OneLove Massive site. There's a whole tab um, for the Eminem show where you can watch the Eminem show 24-7 if you want. Eminem, Please Eminem, Eminem, continue Eminem, to Eminem. comment um, in the comment fields and we will talk about these questions and bring them up again um, next show. But from here throughout uh, June 19th, we're going to be talking about local political issues, trying to raise awareness, get people's brain juices flowing, and again, encourage people to vote because the D.C. primary decides who's in office and what initiatives are going to pass. The D.C. primary, yes. not the November election. Nope. The D.C. The primary, primary in yep. June is and our election. Ours. on Prop 77 regardless of how you're registered to vote. So as long as you're registered to vote, yep. come out. Come vote. out. And for those of you out vote. here who do support this, yep. I know sometimes people, the, the people out here who are poor paid, not every one of them, but a lot of them are paid, uh, vested interests can be very dogmatic and rude. I mean, just, I, I, I hate to call people names, but just, 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 they, 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 they're very fierce. They're passionate. But do know that we need your support. <laughs> call into your council members. Call into yes. the at-large council members. Call up into your chair, Phil Mendelson. Call in, let them know, listen, we know there's a campaign. They say you're going to lose your tips. They're not going to lose tips. We support this. We support this. Call in. Come to Florida Avenue Grill where the blue door right aside above the, above the longest running, D.C.'s long, the nation's longest running black-owned restaurant, the Florida Avenue Grill hey. institution here in the district. There, we were, we're great good friends with the owner, Emar Hutchins, one of the owners who supports us in what we're doing, who does the best to treat his workers right and pay a one fair wage. The little blue door right to the left, come upstairs, give us a knock. We're there probably still right now. And, and then just get education. Get, get, get the education. We have the data. We have the facts. We have the research. Opposition, you've got, you, guys have, you guys have three tasks. One, show me the clip of what I said because I know what I said. I said what I said. But if you think I said <laughs> something different, show me the clip. So task three, <clears throat> send us the whole video that entire day. Jessica at RockUnited.org. Diana at RockUnited.org. Candace with an A, not an I. Candace, the Candace at RockUnited.org. Send us that full video. And number three, since you guys are out here with all these things to say, please show us some facts. We've got the Bureau of Labor Statistics. We've got the Department of Labor. We've got the Department of Employment Services here in D.C. We've got facts that the Department of Employment Services has shown. And that's a feat. <laughs> and they published their own serve their What's own that? that's, yeah. impre that's impressive <laughs> so I, I implore upon you upon a half a dozen other organizations show us the facts show us real information challenge you know come come we're, we're here we came out once you want to invite us out to their debate we'll come to their debate i will ask you guys to please keep it civil keep it classy 
And like mm-hmm. the and like the Pulitzer Prize winner Kendrick Lamar said, if I, you ain't gonna take me out of element, but if I gotta smack you around with my words, just make it look sexy. <laughs> <laughs> we got two hundred and eight comments and twenty shares. Wow! Is in there... this broadcast, I want to give a shout out to Jennifer Afra. Um, that's Jennifer Schallenberg. Who else we got up in here? Chevelle Simone, Joseph Robert Bacia, Luca Schoenberg. Laura. Laura. Laura, <laughs> <laughs> Laura man. Um, can you spell it phonetically in the comments? Because I believe in pronouncing people's names Jessica. right. You got a lot of consonants yes, and, is and there, not, a, not that many vowels. Is there another public forum coming up that people would have the opportunity to Very attend and, and hear um, more about this? You know, one, one place I recommend people to go um to in general is like in rock we we are hosting days where we're doing information sessions on our own tuesdays at our office so that's every tuesday usually around one to two p.m that's 1100 florida avenue as far as forums we just had our last one yesterday so if you guys missed that one at midlands um we're open to organizing more so i mean we've, we've tried to work with with with, with quote unquote the, you know with our opposing forces see can we work together but you know I mean, it's okay we're, we're here if you guys have an Time event, build you're hosting an event, let us know. We'll let you ladies know so you can let people know. We're here. We're open. 1100 Florida Avenue. You know, if you guys want to come and get facts, if you have questions, you have concerns, you have all these comments, you're very passionate people and trust and believe that we are here because we care and because we actually want a good thing to happen because I grew up with this. So I, I this is like my, talking about like my Christmas, talking about like my, my, my annual vacation we got to have because we had, we had one for wage. I used to, I got to go to Australia, got to go to Netherlands. And then we went to Texas where we didn't have one for wage. I got to sit on the couch. <laughs> and I got to eat peanut butter and jelly, and I got to watch cable, and then, so and then you know talking about all these benefits, I did not get to get to go to my aunt's funeral because only one of us could afford to take time off, and I had to actually work extra shifts. You don't get time off, you right. on call. You see what I'm saying? So you know I'm coming at this from a from standpoint of I, I I am dealing with this. I do know the economic issues, but you guys have questions. I'd like. To, I hope we have. We can get some more forums, more opportunities. I like it. We could be civil. We just had an ANC earlier today with some brothers, and you know, please be civil, brothers. Please just, just answer the questions that's been asked, and then you know, like, like, just do that, and just try to be fair. And if you have ten minutes, you know, because we we like to be polite and just get ten minutes. But speaking of time, we gotta wrap it up. I want to thank you, everybody, for giving me this space and this platform. Thank yes, you very absolutely. Much. Thank you for coming on. And J Mills, yes, are you ready for a metaphysical moment? I guess I am. <laughs> I'm never ready. Oh, but no. born ready. <laughs> right. So this is it. We're, we're Bring us it. home. Bring us home, sister. Okay. As best you can. <laughs> right? Uh, so shout outs to One Love Massive. Shout outs to my metaphysical moment. Shout outs to being metaphysical meals at the moment. <laughs> shout outs to just having this ending for this podcast every week i kind of want to like go back and like can i make a compilation a metaphysical mass yeah we can do that message mashup well actually when i go on my baby break we're we're gonna be doing that 
Okay. And just playing it over Word and up. over again, putting the love and the wisdom nuggets out there. Yeah, man. Yes. <laughs> so we always end metaphysically. And um, with all of this different talk, all of these different things that are happening, all the different issues that are going on and we are being made aware of, I feel the need to pause and dwell on choice and the amazing ability that we have to choose as human beings constantly forever remaking who we are and forever having the choice to be whoever we choose to be we need to focus on observing without judgment being able to hear someone's perspective without losing control of ourselves, control mm. of our emotions recognizing every choice that we have to choose to be whoever we choose to want to be Oftentimes, who you are can be blocked by how you feel. How you feel is not always who you are. And it's very interesting, depending on the type of person that you are, how these feelings can contradict with the character that you possess as you choose to be yourself. We are living in very interesting times where often we find ourselves having this removed conversation about humanity. When someone's humanity is argued about the relevance of, the worth of these things, we have many triggers. We're living in a triggered time where, where all of your scars, we're in the information age where nothing is hidden. But you forever always have the choice of who you are and who you choose to be. You can be proactive with your emotions and decide in advance that you refuse to let anyone steal your joy. And when you are encountered with an energy that attempts to do so, you can laugh in its face. Ha ha ha. I see you trying to steal my joy and I won't let you have it. Oh, you're mad. Oh, that's funny because I'm not. <laughs> oh you're taking this personal that's crazy because it's just a discussion about things these things you have a choice you always have a choice we always have a choice and while we have all these different opinions and all these different feelings we have to make sure that we take charge of the choice that we have to feel how we choose to feel choose love Whatever side it is, whatever thing you're feeling, choose love. Choose love so that you have the patience to listen and the patience to deal because nobody's mind will ever be changed when you start yelling at them, berating them, speaking from a condescending point of view, calling them out their name. It doesn't matter what you have to say. They will not hear it. Whatever you have to say, bring it in love. Bring it in respect. Bring it with patience. Bring it with kindness. Bring it with empathy and understanding. It doesn't matter what it is that you have to say and what it is that you are listening to. You have a choice in who you will be and what you will feel and how you will make other people feel. That's your choice. That's your choice. We have so many things that happen to us, so many things outside of our control. Honestly, anything that anyone else does has nothing to do with you. How somebody feels about you is none of your business. It has nothing to do with you. We involve our things unnecessarily, putting our emotions unnecessarily in things that have no relevance to us, truly. But we think they do. So we put these feelings 
this energy, these distractions unnecessarily when love, love is what we need. Love is the filter that you need to put everything through, whether it's information that's coming from you or information that's coming to you. (sighs) These times that we are in, in this information age, when we have so many definitions that are wrapped up in identities, It can be an identity crisis when you are revealed that there's a huge misinformation. I understand. And with that understanding, it gives me the compassion to show love. See, there's a very interesting things that happen when you understand somebody. Understanding is the key to love. See, to know somebody is to love them because you understand them. How many people have a friend that's an asshole? I maybe if you you may be the asshole if you don't have an asshole friend. It's you. Um <laughs> But for those of us who have a lovable asshole friend <laughs> you understand them. So you love them. If they were not your friend, if you did not understand them, somebody different that you did not know, you would not like if they did these things. But when you understand someone, you have the ability to understand why they do some things and you don't hate it. We don't like what we don't understand. And we can't understand things if we are not listening. And you are not listening if you're coming from an emotional place. So we have to take care to remove our triggers. No matter what they may be, no matter what conversation you're having and how triggering it might be, I understand because we're talking about humanity. We're talking about definitions of core values and things. And you got to think for whatever conversation that you are having, however hard it is for your mind to be changed, that's how hard it is for somebody else's opinion to be changed. How many times are we talking to try and change somebody's mind instead of just talking to be understood? That's the point of communication. You want to speak to be understood. You want to listen so you understand. And that is how change happens. Mm -hmm. Understanding one another, respecting one another. Now comes compromise. But without that, Mm -hmm. we are in the state that we are now. Whatever topic it is that we're trying to address, we have people who are bringing it up angrily calling the other people out of their name, calling them ignorant, calling them racist, calling them all types of names, calling them lazy, calling them. No, I'm I'm not even talking about any this specifically. I'm saying like oftentimes with almost all these different issues, when one side is trying to talk to the other, they're coming from a very angry and and emotional place and it's immediately divisive and polarizing and that other side they're they're not even in a place to receive what is being said because the emotions are coloring them blind they can't they can't receive it and the vice versa when that the energy that's being brought so for all these different conversations and all these different things that we have man love and light is all that is all that matters you have a choice in how you choose to feel and we have got to take control of that choice realize what you can control and the only thing that you can control is yourself take control of yourself 
in every moment. Choose love. Choose joy as often as you can because things will happen to you that can temporarily maybe shake you for just a moment. And in that moment, you can choose not to be angry, not to be hurt, not to be triggered. You can choose to be peaceful. You can choose to be kind. You can choose to be caring. Because there's a moment of indecision that happens when this trigger is pulled. What happens is you say these words to yourself in some variation or degree. Excuse my French. But you find yourself like, who the fuck you think you talking to? (laughs) Then that pause right there. Laugh. (laughs) It's all right. You don't know me. I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose love. You got me messed up and that's okay. It's all right. You just haven't. We haven't met each other yet. You don't know who I am. That's cool. You got me mistaken and that's okay. Everybody doesn't know me. Who am I that everybody would know who I am? Who am I that everybody would love me? Name somebody divine that has walked this earth. Somebody great that did really great positive things like nonviolence, like Martin Luther King, you know, or like, you know, Gandhi or Jesus Christ. What happened to them? How good are you? So we're not going to talk about good people and what should happen to good people and how people treat the people that are so good. You'll notice a pattern with them. Choose love no matter what, though. Just remember, you're not that good. And when the hate starts coming, you start wondering why. Just remember, hey, (laughs) Gandhi got hated on. (laughs) MLK was violently murdered. So who are you? What path you on? How good are you? Choose love. Choose light. One love. Because you got a choice. No matter what, be the light you want to see. Whatever you have to say, drip it, drop it, marinate it in love. Yes. That's my message. Thank you, (laughs) Jay Mills, once again. For that metaphysical moment. And thank you again to Jessica Winter Martin for joining us on our show, um, engaging us in this really important conversation. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in, left comments. Again, vote June 19th. I want to thank everyone at the amazing One Love Massive Studios. Mike and Nick, y'all are awesome. We love you. Thank you for the lights, for the sound, for the cameras. And thank you, Molly, for hosting us again. We love One Love Massive. And uh, make sure you turn out to the Funk Parade this weekend. It's going to be litty. It's going to be awesome. Um, And it's expanding this year. So feel the love. Focus on the love that Jay Mills was talking about at the the, uh, Funk Parade. And we will see (laughs) y'all next Tuesday. And we will continue this conversation and many other conversations about unions workers rights etc and uh we're gonna get elevated as per usual so uh peace out i think we made some positive have positive some love things. yeah yeah, man. yeah. Some love. next All week right. whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> like 200